ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and invite others to live it. Uh, Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. You can do that in two ways. You can email at least two ways. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet to us at sfdiocese using using the hashtag ignition, sfdiocese hashtag ignition. Say that five, no, don't do it. Practice that sometimes, Father. Listen, no, hashtag, no, I, I, diocese hashtag. I'm not making fun of your, uh, I'm not green because of the uh, uh, saying at sfdiocese hashtag ignition. Good job. I'm Grinning because you said at least two ways. I was like, what are the other ways they're going to contact us? Smoke signal, carrier pigeons, phones, phone call, what? Text message. Yeah, don't text. Uh, So, So as you may be able to tell, although we're we're working on our audio quality in all sorts of ways, but Father is in the studio with me in the flesh. Yo, which is how we like it because we're incarnational to the core. There you go. There we go. Um, so Father, we're, we're going to get into today's topic real quickly, but think, we haven't recorded a live, uh, even in person, for some time. Things going well for you? Very well. Yeah, things, SDSU. I ate a hamburger for lunch. What could be better? Amen. <laughs> Five Guys Burgers and Fries? No. Yes, yeah, so I didn't know no. if we are going to give them free, uh, free, free advertising. advertising. I know, I know. We, yeah, you're right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but if five guys, if anyone from Five Guys Burgers and Fries is listening, and would like to sponsor Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization, we'd be lo- welcome to hear from you. We, we'd be just fine. With or that. receive fry samples. Yeah, you know, samples are, are just fine too. If you don't <laughs> want to sponsor, uh, so Father, we are going to. We have a couple of occasional series, or at least one other occasional series that we do, and we're going to start a new one today uh, on a topic near and dear. To both of our hearts, to be honest, but we we joke often, uh, especially to your heart, and that is the Holy Bible. Yes, it's kind of good when I'm known as the one who likes the Bible. It is good known that it's good. Priests like the Bible. What? Well, yes. Um, so what what Father and I are going to do is is we're, going to st- we're starting with the New Testament. We're just going to, on occasion, um, when we have nothing else to talk about, we're, we'll, we'll uh, no, we, we want to on occasion giving primacy of place to the scriptures <laughs> when we have nothing else to talk about. What do we talk? To? I don't know. How about the Bible? Okay. Uh, we're we're gonna look going to gonna. I shouldn't say gonna. That's not very professional, is it, Father? I don't think so. No, gonna. <laughs> We're going to uh, look at the, the each each of the texts of of beginning with the New Testament, and then maybe maybe uh, depending how long that takes us, uh, start go back to the beginning with Genesis and move through the Old Testament That'd be as really well. Cool. Oh, cool. And, and and this is something, again, that we're not going to do on a, a weekly basis, but we do want to do on a regular basis. Um, and so we're going to, we're, we're just going to move through the 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 books, the the texts of the New Testament in the, the order in which they are found within the New Testament. We'll be, so we'll be beginning with the gospel according to St. Matthew. Are you, you saying we're going to start at the very beginning because that's a very good place to start? That's, that's I, I think that sounds good. Musical? Yes, it's not, it's very musical. Um, just 
getting, by way of getting into this, of course, Matthew will be in a particular way familiar to us as Catholics because our Sunday gospel readings uh, this this year uh, that we're about to conclude, the liturgical year A, are drawn from the gospel according to St. Matthew. And come Advent, which, just is, which is just a few weeks away, Father, uh, we'll be getting Mark's gospel year B of the Sunday lectionary cycle. So you should be pretty familiar with the Gospel of Matthew and just a good opportunity to go through it. And just we'll, we'll talk about some foundational things about it, uh, make it into a few passages, but we're, we can't just read through it and give a, a commentary on it. That'd be a long series. <laughs> Father joked uh, when we were, we were talking beforehand about the, the outline for the episode. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. <laughs> and we spend some time, verse 2, and we'll be here forever. Which... Yeah. Now, you love the Bible, though. So I do. you'd be fine with that. I would. I would but I don't think it'd make uh, for good listening. No, I would agree. I would, but out of curiosity, Although Father, I don't know if anything we do makes for good listening. Well, that, that's true, too. Do you, um, have you ever listened to any of the dramatic uh, recordings? No, of- a lot of my students have, uh, especially there's one set to the RSV New yeah. Testament, yeah. and it has uh, Gimli, I don't know the actor's name, Jonathan Race, yeah. something. Um, Davis. Davies. And then uh, some other actors on it uh, doing different voices, but n- I have never listened to one of those. I've listened to little pieces of it, and, and they're pretty good, but it, I, I, I don't find myself— If I want to pray with, study the Bible, I'm going to need the written text in front of me. I don't think I'd be able to listen to do that. But anyway, uh, we are going to be—at Mass, what we hear from is the New American Bible, which is a, a translation that was authorized by the, the bishops of the United States. Back in the 70s, it's been revised a couple times— um, We'll be looking at that, but there are all sorts of things, uh, other translations that we can use. We'll also be re- referring to the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition, as well as the New, or the New Jerusalem Bible, uh, which is an English translation that was done in the École Biblique in Jerusalem. Well, it's originally a French translation from the— uh... Original languages. The, yeah. the Jerusalem Bible— is a French is is a is English translation from the French, French translation from, from the Greek right. and the Hebrew. The New Jerusalem is straight from the original texts to straight English. Straight out of Israel. Straight out of literally it okay. is. Uh, so so that's what we're going to be looking at. But as as Father said, we want to begin by giving some of the background for for Matthew's gospel. Uh, and Father, one of the, the the points that that you said really struck. Well, there are a couple things that that I know that really struck you. One of them was the audience um, of of the, the gospel. I think. And before we get into that, I, I was just talking with somebody recently about the whole idea of the gospel authors having audiences. When I first heard that, I'm like, what do you mean? It's about bi- their biographies of Jesus. Aren't they for everyone? So can you s- speak a little bit to the idea that the gospel writers had audiences in mind when they wrote theirs? That, that's, that's a good question. And something I think for our own imagining of how we think of the Bible, I think it goes to the idea, we've talked about this before, that we think of the Bible as one big book, the good book, um, but instead, again, it's a collection of books, a collection of messages, a collection of authors, a collection of audiences, a collection of different times. Uh, and, that, and, and God works through all those things. Uh, and so to think, when you, when you look at a, at a gospel, then to start to think, you know, who wrote it? Who did they write it for? Why did they write it? That helps us to know how to read it. It doesn't provide all the answers, uh, and it shouldn't become... Uh, some unbinding or uh, un unending like lock on our, our ability to read the gospel right. that we can never 
go out of. Um, but it, it should be a kind of a strong key or a strong clue for us of how to read it. What are those three questions again? What are they? Uh, that's a good question. Who, who, who wrote it? Who wrote it? Who did they write it for? And, and why, why did, did they write yeah, it? Yeah, I really, yeah, that's it. Okay. So Matthew's got actually, and I'm glad you put it that way. We should maybe start before we're talking about the audience, maybe the author, uh, the order of the questions as you wrote sure. them. So who the heck is Matthew? <laughs> He's one of the 12 apostles. Oh, him. Sometimes known as Levi. Yes. I believe in his own gospel, he refers to himself as Levi. Yeah, he does. Levi, yes. Yep, yep. Which is because Levi, I believe, is the more traditional Jewish name, where Matthew would be the more Greek name. Greek name. Which is, and also talking with somebody, uh, the, the gospel, uh, according to the second gospel, Mark's gospel, Mark was his Roman or Greek name. John was his Jewish name. Yes. Uh, so sometimes he's, he's, he's referred to as John Mark. Matthew is the same. Now, an important point here. Simon, his name was changed to Peter. We're not talking about a name change in the same way. It's it's just at the time, people had the different, a Greco-Roman and a Jewish name. Right, because you're coming from these two different language pools, and the two different language pools, Hebrew, which is a right-to-left language, yep. uh, totally different characters, totally different alphabet, and then uh, the Greek language, which is a left-to-right alphabet, totally different characters, and those two cultures were meeting, crashing into yep. each other. And that's why Paul and Saul. Right. You know, he was, Saul is his Hebrew name. Paul is the Greek version of his name. Right. And that's different than the renaming that Simon receives. I will now call you Peter. Exactly. Okay. So he's one of the 12. Uh, he's the tax collector mm-hmm. who, you know, there's that powerful uh, painting of the call. Caravaggio. So, yeah, Car- Caravaggio. A great book. Which is in the church. Is, is, is the original is in the church of St. Louis the King. In Rome. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen the original. I don't, I don't remember what the church it was. Okay. So, so, so this is a, obviously a, a Jewish, Matthew was, was Jewish, uh, called by Christ to follow him. And he, and he was called by Christ when he was being a traitor to his own Jewish heritage and, uh, people because he was serving as a Roman, uh, tax collector. And that was a sign of the foreign, not just a sign, but the reality of the oppression of, uh, the Romans upon the people of Israel. And so here's Levi, you know, named for one of the 12 tribes of Israel, mm. named for not just any tribe, but the tribe that's supposed to serve in the temple, the right. tribe of Levi, the book of Leviticus. Uh, and here he is betraying his people, betraying and serving not just a foreign nation, but foreign gods. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, because with the foreign nation of the Romans, there is a, a cult of worship. Just uh, when recording this, we just read from Matthew 22 on Sundays, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Matthew chapter 22, where Jesus talks about uh, the image on the coin for the census tax, which Matthew would have been someone who's collecting the census tax. Right. And the image on the coin is Caesar, and that's a graven image in idolatry. Right. Uh, because of the idea of the cult of the emperor and worshiping Caesar as a god. So, 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 Matt, I think it's an important point to make because we read through all four gospels, Jesus sort of refers to the tax collectors as, you know, the, the outsiders. And, and it's not just because people don't like paying taxes, it's a lot more than that, as you were just saying. Right. Right. It's not just uh, a fear of April 14th, 15th, 15th, 15th. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's it's much more than that. It's much more about national identity and being a traitor to your people. And uh, about God's promise that Israel would be a nation. 
Right, right. So you're under foreign oppression. Okay, so Matt, that's that's who Matthew is a little bit, uh, and you can find. We should say that there are all sorts, Father, all sorts of great commentaries out on on Matthew. One I particularly like is by Curtis Mitch and Dr. Edward Shree, uh, the Gospel of Matthew. It's it's in a series called the Catholic Commentary and Sacred Scripture. All sorts of other great commentaries out there if you want to. The Sacropagina series, yeah, which is just fun to say, Sacropagina, which is a variety of different uh, authors. Yeah, so there's all sorts of, if you want to get into more meat detail, email us again, ignition at sfcatholic.org, uh, if, if, you, uh, if you want to get more detail about some, some uh, great commentaries on this. But that, that's who Matthew is. Now, your second question, who is he writing to? And that, that's what I was getting to earlier. Uh, the idea of an audience. Matthew is writing for a specific audience. Who is the audience that he has in mind? Well, and we, we can tell who he's writing to based on how he's writing and and the style of writing that he's that he's using, and we believe he's writing to uh, Jewish Christians and to Jews who might become Christians. Okay, so he's writing from a very Jewish outlook. He's not explaining a lot of Jewish things that are in there. He's assuming that they know uh, Jewish phrases, uh, Jewish history, Jewish reality. He's assuming that people know these things when they read them. So, like in some of the other Gospels, particularly Mark and Luke, they will because they're generally believed to be writing to Gentile audiences, they'll explain certain Jewish customs, or they'll they'll use an Aramaic word, uh, and then they'll give, they'll, in a sense, translate what that word is into to the Greek in which they wrote it. Right. Matthew, as you're just saying, doesn't do that sort of thing, because he's presuming the reader, being part of this Jewish Christian or Jewish audience, will already be familiar with, with those terms, those concepts, those ideas, practices. And uh, some scholars, this might be a little too much in the weeds, listeners, but some scholars even think that Matthew maybe wrote uh, in Hebrew or Aramaic originally, and then it was translated into the Greek, although we don't have a copy of anything in Hebrew or Aramaic. Right, and that's a great point to me. Just, we, we sort of alluded to this, I think, more than once with, when we're talking about original languages with the New Jerusalem Bible. Um, the, the New Testament, the, the earliest manuscripts we have are all in Koine Greek, first century uh, Greek. But there is this theory, as, as you were just alluding to, Father, that perhaps Matthew writing to a Jewish audience may have originally sort of done a first draft, if you will, or, or yeah, first draft um, in, in Hebrew or Aramaic. That's one of the things I love about this gospel is how Jewish it is. So say more about that. Well, I mean, it's just, it's oozing with the Old Testament. I mean, there's allusions to references to the Old Testament all the time in Matthew's gospel. And the more you read the Old Testament, the prophets, the law, the stories of Moses, the stories of David and Solomon, the more the gospel of Matthew comes alive. So we really see maybe one of the, the themes of Matthew is fulfillment. Hmm. Well, so the, the, many of the, not just the, 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 the prophecies, but just the entire course of the Old Testament uh, is, is for Matthew, fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And he, in a particular way, draws that out. All of the four Gospels have that, but Matthew highlights that in a particular way because of who he's writing to. That's, that's a great idea, which is, uh, the Catechism talks about one of the ways, typology, yep. that we read Scripture, this idea of fulfillment. And that's just a fun way to read it. Any other, so any, and, and maybe maybe you want to wait with examples to later, but are there any examples that come to mind or do you want to hold off with the Jewishness? Oh, just of- real quickly, like uh, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 25 and following, uh, where Jesus talks about, come to me, all you who labor are burdened. My yoke is easy, my burden is real light. 
and how that's a direct refutation of one of the wicked kings of Israel uh, who didn't follow God's law and put a heavy burden mm. on the backs of people um, back from the first book of Kings, like things like that, just like blow my mind when right. I discover them. And when we, you know, unless we have a Bible that's got, and most Bibles today do have Old Testament references, but for us, most modern listeners, we're reading and we have no idea how much Matthew is weaving. And it's not just straight quotations. It might be allusions, things like the example you just gave. He's not quoting uh, Old Testament passage. He's making an illusion that that is oftentimes lost on us because, unfortunately, we're not soaked in Scripture the way that he was. In fact, the, the one that I just mentioned from Matthew chapter 11, verse, uh, uh, actually verse 28 and following, uh, actually, they don't even reference the first kings. Yeah, there you go. So it's 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 something that it's so many illusions that that uh, we don't even always find them in our in our study Bibles. Right. Um, anything else about audience that that you want to point out? Uh, one one thing, just real briefly, I think in, in term before we get into why he wrote, uh, there's oftentimes debate about when the books are written as well. Uh, and, and we don't need to belabor that. The, the, the general consensus is certainly the second half of the first century. The big question that scholars debate about, is it before or after the fall of Jerusalem, when Jerusalem was conquered by the Romans in 70 AD? Uh, people, not just conquered, I mean, because the Romans were already in charge, but this is like where the Romans destroyed Jerusalem destroyed as Jerusalem. an act of punishment against Jewish uprisings. Right. Um, and, and so there's debates back and forth about that one way or the other. A lot of these things, as you said earlier, Father, we, we don't need to constrain our reading of Matthew's gospel or any any part of scripture by scholarly debates. I, I don't think we need to worry about those sorts of questions when we're trying to read the Bible. Would you agree with that? Right. Don't don't, uh, don't worry your head. Don't don't gray your head over this matter. Yeah. So uh, in terms of then your third question, why uh, Matthew wrote his gospel— uh, what what comes to mind there? So that people would believe that Jesus is the Christ and Wait. there is salvation in no one but him. Isn't it just to learn more about Jesus's life? Oh, I was serious on that. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. And I was, I was being facetious. Oh, okay. Um, say it again. Yeah, so to, to know that Jesus is the Christ, the fulfillment, as we talked about, of all that God has promised uh, in the Old Testament and just in nature itself. And uh, that there is salvation in no one but him. None of the Gospels, including Matthew's, are just biographies. Right. They're not just. They're not just the story of Jesus. They're all written ultimately with that same goal in mind that we might come into contact, if you will, encounter Jesus Christ. Uh, and 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 oftentimes, you know, Father, they're 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 as you mentioned, written for Jewish Christian and potentially Jewish Jewish. Jews who might become Christian in the first century. That's who Matthew was writing for. But all of the Gospels are written first and foremost to strengthen the faith of believers. And to think about the Gospels as a witness talk, just written down. Say more about that. Well, it's just a really long witness talk. Why should you believe in Jesus? Well, let me tell you why. You know, because Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac fathered Jacob, and Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers, and you know, give the whole history of the Jewish people, and it culminates in Jesus. And that's why, you know, sometimes people, when they're first maybe really getting into to studying the Bible for the first time, like, why why do they put it in different order? Why are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John not basically the same? Mm. 
Why do they, you know, some have this story, some have that story. They're not consistent. Um, it seems, sometimes it even seems like there's contradictions. How can this be? Well, this gets to it because they're all basically, as you said, they're also all basically giving testimonials in one way or the other. They're all witnessing to faith in Jesus Christ because they all want us to encounter him either for, for the first time or more deeply. Um, and so we don't, I mean, they're not trying to just... The day Jesus Jesus was born on uh, the year one December BC. December <laughs> They're not. That's not their point. Why are they writing it exactly what you said, Father? So that we might have faith in Jesus Christ and the power of His name and be saved. Amen. Uh, and also to pass on His teachings and to make sure His teachings would be preserved, His life and who He is, and His teachings would be preserved in the face of uh, oncoming impossible persecution. Right, and we see that in particular. I know, like Luke spe- specifically states that he did research and so on, but they're all either speaking from their own personal experience or they're speaking directly from having inve- talked to somebody who had personal experience with Jesus Christ, which is a, something to remember there as well. So, major themes in Matthew's gospel, Father. Anything that you that you want to point out that we haven't said before? Well, I think the uh, for him again, writing for a Jewish audience is that connection between the Old Testament kingdom and the church. Right. That there's a continuity between the Old Testament kingdom, the kingdom of David, uh, the descendants of Abraham, a connection, continuity to the church. So the New Testament kingdom uh, is, or the Old Testament kingdom is fulfilled in the New Testament church. There's a, again, before we were recording, there's a, a saying from a late 19th century, early 20th century uh, scholar, um, who said that what Jesus preached was the kingdom, what we got was the church. Uh, neither of us endorse or recommend that statement or the guy who said it, right. because that's exactly the opposite. Right, that Jesus promised the kingdom and <clears throat> and, uh, uh, and the church uh, and the kingdom is, is in the church. Right. It's the, the, and alive in the church, and the mission of the kingdom is the mission of the church. Right. In that way, to bring all souls to Christ. So you, you see this, this sort of the, the growth of... of who God's family is, his people in the Old Testament, and and the kingdom of David is sort of seen as the pinnacle of of, of, of the, the people of Israel at its height, and yet Jesus takes that to the next level and makes it a universal kingdom. And and so Matthew, in the way he's writing, alludes that many different ways. Like, I love the genealogy at the very beginning. You don't have time to read through all the names, but they're awesome. If you're looking for some baby names for uh, Matthew chapter 1. But... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, Perez, Hezron, Aminadab. But uh, in those names, uh, it's, it's a retelling of the entire kingdom of David. And the cool thing about it is you have 14, na- you have three sets of 14 names. And this whole idea of like a fulfillment of David that uh, the, the way that a Jewish person would write out 14 would be with the same letters that are used to write the word David. Right. Um, just like when you think about the Roman alphabet, you know. Uh, they're the Hebrew alphabet. That's how they spell the number 14. And so it just it starts off right away, uh, just in the structure of how he writes it, saying Jesus is the fullness of the kingdom of David. Um, and, and again, the, the funny thing, well, I don't know, funny, the, the interesting <laughs> thing is about th- that genealogy, how Matthew starts his gospel. Most people get bored out of their minds. Like, mm-hmm. what the heck? Why? This is about Jesus? Like, where's, where's, what are, we, what are we doing here? Right. But I mean, to a Jewish audience who would hear those names, they would know the history. It would just, it, it'd pop into their heads. Like when we would say, you know, Washington, Lincoln, Jefferson, you know, uh, and even like ennoble presidents, 
you know, Johnson and things like that. Um, they, they these names would ring a bell and, and be an obvious allusion to reality. Right. And, 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 and so, again, the audience in mind, they completely get and resonate with. One of the interesting things to me, um, Father, the, the, the beginning, the first two words in Matthew's Gospel, again, in the original Greek, are biblos gnesios, which means the book of the, of the genealogy, as it's often translated, or it could be translated literally the book of Genesis. So Matthew is beginning his account of what Jesus Christ did with a clear allusion to the very first book of the Bible, uh, Genesis, because this is the new creation, if you will. And the fulfillment of the first creation. Right, right. Yep. Uh, we've got about three minutes left, Father, Holy and cow. I know, right? So this is, but again, as Father, as you said early on, there's no way we are going to be able to do an exegesis, an no. interpretation of the entire book. But if we're going to give you one little key. Yeah. To unlock the door of Matthew, it'd be the idea of church and looking at the, the way that, uh, and this whole idea of parallel with the Old Testament yep. kingdom yep. and the church Jesus is establishing, 12 apostles, 12 tribes, uh, Jesus being the fullness of David, the true son of David, the true Solomon, the true wise one, the true builder. The true, uh, the new Moses. Yes, the, the, new, the true the lawgiver. lawgiver. Yeah. Um, and the other, and we see that too. And you know, The true giver of manna. Yes, yeah, the man in the desert, absolutely. Um, uh, and we see the new prime minister of the kingdom of Israel as well, Peter, Simon, name mm -hmm. changed to Peter, Matthew 16, oftentimes used in reference to the role, the authority of, of the Bishop of Rome, the Pope. Uh, that's, that's referring to Isaiah 22, where you had the king and his right-hand man, the prime minister, who had the keys to the kingdom, literally. Read Isaiah 22. Jesus is re giving Peter the same role in the new kingdom, the church. And then also that whole idea of, it's another Jewish idea, but the idea of Emmanuel. I love that word Emmanuel, and it's all throughout. In fact, the word Emmanuel begins and ends the Gospel of Matthew in a certain sense. Emmanuel means, Dr. Bergwald? God is with us. God is with us, right? And we sing that at Advent each year. But so in chapter 1, uh, we have a proclamation that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And at the end, in chapter 28, Jesus says, Behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Right. So that's another great little key to read the whole of it is God coming to be with us. And that, um, you just mentioned the ending, the, 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 the sentence right before, the sentences right before that, the great commission mm -hmm. of, again, the church, the, the, the kingdom, uh, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing the Father, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Which is an invitation to the kingdom to baptize and to observe all that I commanded you. It's an invitation, uh, it's, a command for the apostles to invite all nations into the one kingdom. Right. Right. So you have that idea. Um, the United States is a rough parallel, one nation, multiple states within it. Right. So too, the, 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 the apostles, and then by extension through them, all disciples of Jesus Christ called to bring all peoples within their great diversity, but within the unity of the one church. And that's also where we get the idea Catholic, but that's a different podcast. That's another story. Father, we managed to fill up an entire podcast just with background of Matthew's gospel. Inane banter. Inane. <laughs> but that does uh, wrap up uh, this episode of Ignition. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning of, of the episode, email us anytime, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet to us at sfdiocese, hashtag ignition, with any thoughts, questions, or topics for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. 
Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock on Lamb Catholic Radio on 91.3 FM in Hartford and Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.